When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. The Zone. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Oh, and what a beautiful weekend it was. Good morning, everybody. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I sure hope you got a chance to get out and enjoy some of that weather, whether it was the Grand County Fair in Lancaster, the Juneau County Fair in Boston, Dodge County Fair in Beaver Dam, or we had a real good turnout on Saturday for the Dane County Breakfast on the Farm. I'll tell you what, enjoy what we've got. I got a message from Bob Bosold, who is on his farm tour in Alaska. They were waking up with temperatures in the 40s. So definitely sweatshirt weather on that farm tour, but they're enjoying some beautiful scenery. Uh, You can see some of that on Bob's uh, Facebook page if you want to take a peek. Now, like I said, weather-wise, we're going to warm up today looking for a high probably around 87 degrees or better under partly cloudy skies. Tomorrow, Uh, We've got some showers in our forecast, 88 the expected high on Tuesday, sunshine on Wednesday, 88 the expected high. So a little bit of a heat spurt that's coming our way. We'll talk with Stumach, our ag meteorologist, and find out more details on that in just a moment. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Every generation has a name. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And uh, my generation, the baby boomers. As if soldiers came back from World War II and boomed the population as uh, mama and daddy got together and uh, just had a tremendous number of children. We've had Generation X and all kinds of generations going on. And the dairy industry is sensitive to that. Aaron, you had a chance to talk to a a young lady that is dealing with different generations in the dairy industry. What's the latest? Yeah, Bob, that's right. And that next generation, Gen Z, is now a major player in the buying power and buying decisions at the grocery store. Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Molly Pelzer of Midwest Dairy discussed with me that this might affect how things are being produced and, and distributed. She said that we need to be present where these buyers are, and that's a very important thing being on social media or maybe even using influencer media that can help drive ag products and educate these consumers. Well, we know that Gen Zs uh, are an important part of the buying power for their parents, and they're focusing on not only does food taste good and good for their health, but how it goes from farm to table. Um, environmental sustainability, as well as nutrition, is very important to the Gen Z audience. Touching on that environmental sustainability as a topic, what kinds of things are consumers looking for when it comes to food that relate to environmental sustainability? Maybe it's related in packaging or food distribution. What things are we needing to focus on to continue to provide for and please those customers? Well, and it's so hard because consumers 
define sustainability and the impact on the environment very differently, Erin. But certainly, um, they're, they're looking at it from many different aspects. You mentioned packaging. They're also um, interested in how dairy is made with care for the planet. And they are interested in how the cows are treated and how we treat the land as well. We see that there's a continued or even growing interest in knowing where your food comes from and how it's produced. And through the pandemic, I think that has shown even more and more. Do you see that as the same in that Gen Z audience, or do you even consider that they may be the leaders in that trend? I agree with you that we did see that change and that reflection in all consumers during the pandemic. I think the difference we're seeing with the Gen Z audience is not only do they think about it, they are committed to making that part of their decision-making on which brands they'll support and what purchase choices they'll make, both at retail and at food service as well. So how can agriculture then adapt to those needs and wants of Gen Z consumers? If they're wanting to focus on that environmental sustainability and knowing where their food comes from, what can we do on the agriculture side to provide that for them and satisfy those consumers? I think there are two things. And the first is we need to be where they are, which can be challenging with the Gen Z generation. They're primarily finding information online. They rely on searching uh, to find the facts. So we need to make sure that our stories are showing up in their feed on the top. And then also we need to be sure that we're um, talking about the gaps or the needs that they're trying to fill. The Gen Z audience we know from consumer research is interested in a variety of things from calming, what do I eat to provide that sense of calm, to energy, what do I need to uh, eat to for that energy that I need to get through my day. So making sure that we are aware of the need that they're trying to fill and then showcasing how dairy helps with that calming, that energy, uh, that digestive health, that immune health. Um, it, you know, it gets to be complicated. So we need to uh, zero in on what the Gen Z consumer is trying to do in that specific need state. It's interesting that you mentioned that the Gen Z generation is really focused on looking at what food does for them in their body and having a healthy lifestyle. How can we help share that ag products, whether it be dairy products or meat products or even produce, that these are good and healthy products for them to include in their diets? How do you see that we should promote that and share that with this generation? You know, when it comes to what's good for me, I think helping them learn how dairy is good for your body, good for your brain, how it can help you recover for your muscles if you've been exercising or help you sleep soundly. Those are great things. Uh, when it comes to gut health and immunity, uh, that dairy is a natural source of those uh, vitamins and nutrients. But when it comes to uh, the, the environment, I think we have a proud history that we can share, uh, focusing on cow's diet that 80% of what a cow eats is upcycled, things that uh, consumers, human consumers uh, can't eat, and that we are taking good care of the planet, um, that the farm makes decisions with consumers in mind. Let's jump back to that topic then when you mentioned about that Gen Z gets a lot of their information from online and social media sources. How can we in the agriculture industry take advantage of that and be able to use these different technologies to spread the word about 
how their food is produced, the environmental sustainability topics, the health topics, I guess anything that relates to what they're looking for. <laughs> you know, I think the important thing is to um, work with our websites and our social media to have that frame of mind and that tone that's going to appeal to consumers of that age group. But more importantly, perhaps, is thinking about what cultural influencers those Gen Z audience are already following and partnering with those thought leaders, whether they're gamers or they're athletes, and helping them share the facts for dairy, our dairy story of how it reached from farm to table, uh, recipes even, photos, um, but using others to reach consumers in that social media area is an important opportunity as we work with these young Gen Z consumers. Looking forward with Gen Z and generations following then, how do you see things continuing to progress or maybe trends continuing or changing? What does the agriculture industry have to do going forward to continue pleasing these consumers? I think we're going to have to take some of the tried and true work that Dairy Checkoff has been proud of in our long history of doing dairy promotion and research, but also marry that up with new thinking. Uh, Things like virtual farm tours that are online that help show how hardworking and caring dairy farmers are when it comes to the cows and the land. Uh, Those are opportunities to think differently. And some of those lessons might be silver linings of things that we actually did during the pandemic that we don't need to abandon, but that we need to bring forward in our toolbox moving forward. Change and adaptation are inevitable when talking about food trends in the ag industry. That was Molly Pelzer, CEO of Midwest Dairy, with me. We see that Gen Z continues to be a big influencer on consumer trends and will continue to be into the future. It's our job in the agriculture industry to serve these consumer needs and continue to work for a sustainable future. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. You're invited to Johnson Tractor's Case IH Genuine Parts in-person combine clinics in Judah, August 25th, and Janesville, August 26th. You'll rotate through combine inspections, heads, and precision. If you're unable to make it, a Case IH Genuine Parts virtual clinic will be available online. Call the RSVP and find out more at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. Summer savings are yours at Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. Replace your water heater and softener in the same visit and get a $100 discount. We've got you covered 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your commercial and residential plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. 
off Highway 51 in McFarland. A stone's throw from McDonald's. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, and you know, I was just thinking about everything you can cover as far as uh, farm fresh produce at this time of the year. I mean, the sweet corn's been out there. I'm a fond, uh, I'm, I'm very fond of cucumbers, for example. Tomatoes are starting to rip roar. Let's talk weather and what we can plan on harvesting that way. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us with our comp your financial ag weather update on a Monday. You know, that's that's when you start to really notice it. When the bags and boxes of tomatoes and zucchini, uh, sometimes green beans, cucumbers, they start showing up on your doorstep. You know what I mean? Has that happened used to? Well, we, yeah, we got the phone call the other day. Is your wife looking for some tomatoes? I thought <laughs> she said she was. We have a bunch. <laughs> Is she like, looking? Honey, go pick them up. Yeah. Is she looking? I know exactly. Um, Stephanie, our Stephanie has got her very first garden, and she has grown. I just, I don't even know what kind of craziness she's got going on. And she admits ninety percent of it, she really doesn't know how to use it. But it's been an educational process for her. And I got a sneaky suspicion that pretty soon we're going to start to see bags and boxes of something showing up around here. But, you know, the good news is, to a large extent, so long as you could keep a a water hose nearby, our gardens look pretty good. Our fields are now looking pretty good, Stu. After we get going this morning, Pro Farmer Crop Tour came out with their uh, estimates on corn and soybean production. And honestly, given the, the challenges we had early on, Things are starting to even out pretty decent. They're looking pretty good. You're right. And I mean, this week is going to start to seem uh, pretty good for crop growth. We're going to have some warmer temperatures, some occasional rain. Oh, like we see the radar this morning, a little band of rainfall from about Green Bay, right in the end of Green Bay, if you will, heading southwest, just down into, oh, say, about Prairie du Chien, northeast Iowa, central Iowa, seeing stronger rain because of this. It's a little warm front. There's a cool front out to the west, that cool front extending from northwest Minnesota down into central Nebraska, a little warm front trying to build up out of the south. That's that little line of showers. It'll pull through uh, Eau Claire and La Crosse, both since late last Last night, early this morning, seen about eight hundredths of an inch. That's really about all we're going to talk about. Some trace amounts could be a tenth of an inch or so as it moves through pretty quickly this morning. And otherwise, what that warm front does is allow that much more mild air in. You know, temperatures cooled up nicely yesterday. A lot of upper 70s, some low 80s. There were some mid 70s over on the Lake Michigan shore. Man, that was a nice break. But things get warmer. And as we head through today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, we push back up into the upper 80s. There may be some 90s here and there. It's really going to get that summer feel. A lot of humidity building back in with it. And in between, an occasional shower or storm. That cool front out to the west won't clear east very quickly. And several little disturbances move in. In fact, uh, even looking around toward uh, 
tonight, late tonight, there could be a little scattered shower or storm, a chance early and late Tuesday, maybe Tuesday night, a very scattered shower or storm. No, it's not going to start raining late today and never stop. We'll get a lot of break in between. But every now and again, that next little wave of activity could edge our way. Some folks talking about Wednesday being the chance for the heaviest rain. Right now, it looks like a pretty slight chance of showers at that time. But we'll see how this thing all works out. Unsteady, let's say that. Every so often, that chance of rain may pop up here or there. But the one thing that stays with us will be the very mild air. Temps most likely staying in the 80s through all of the week with the humidity on that somewhat higher side. Even a little unstable weather could be that isolated shower or storm as we head toward the weekend. Not a good week for haymaking, no doubt there, but for the rest of the crops, the maturity going on in those fields, they'll benefit nicely from warm weather and that occasional small drink that could slip on through. I'll have forecast details right after this. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit Badgerbean.com today. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Alrighty, Stu, even with that forecast that you just painted gently for us, looks like we're in a whole lot better shape than those poor folks that are on the East Coast. Boy, Henry is causing quite the commotion, and all that activity is primarily north of New York City, huh? Yeah, oh, dropping a lot of rainfall there, you know, and their ground uh, a lot like ours, pretty saturated. So when they, they talk that new inch of rain or better, it's got nowhere to go, so it just causes more problems. We're going to see a little rain this week. Not too bad. The scattered showers this morning on that line from Green Bay to Prairie du Chien will march a bit further east here through the morning. Not going to amount to much. Trace amounts maybe up to a tenth of an inch, all I'd expect. Further west, we're going to start to dry out. Eventually during the day, we all get to see sunny skies and mild temps, upper 80s, with the south winds about 5 to 10. Overnight, becoming mostly cloudy a late night shower could be a thunderstorm mixing in here or there temps in the very upper 60s and low 70s really warm and muggy overnight southwest winds at five tuesday still that chance for a little scattered storm or shower activity partly sunny still very warm in the upper 80s could be a 90 here and there already tomorrow south winds at five to ten Wednesday, again, a slight chance of a shower or storm. Plenty of sunshine, plenty of warmth. Upper 80s, a 90 or two here and there. Southwest winds at 5. Maybe late Wednesday night into Thursday, that next shower chance could mean a little more rain. And we hold in the lower 80s as we head toward Thursday, Pam. So maybe there's a little improvement 
you know, not quite so hot and sticky, but still pretty warm right through the rest of the week. Yeah, I guess. Yikes. Well, Ed, that's that's what we expect at this time, uh, August. Now, it's not exactly dog days, but it's definitely something. Thanks, to Appreciate it. It's Tumacher Ag Meteorologist with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Boy, and I'm just kind of watching some of the video from the East Coast where Tropical Storm Henry basically made landfall at uh, Rhode Island and is causing just a terrible bunch of stuff for those folks out there as they start their work week. Right here in Wisconsin, like Stu said, just light rain shower activity from uh, southwest Wisconsin up towards the Green Bay area, but it looks like it's going to dissipate probably about by 9 o'clock this morning. Your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Jump online. Compure.com is where you'll find all the details. And, of course, you can always find our details at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There's a feeling you get when you plant Dairyland Seed Alfalfa. We call Dairyland Seed Pride. Pride. Yeah, we heard all that. I think we're ready for what's next. And just who might you be? I'm the new voice of Dairyland Seed, the guy that talks less and delivers more. You see, Dairyland Seed has their strongest lineup of top performers ever. So now, we can let our seed do the talking for us. No one informed me about this. Take our Hybroforce 4400 Alfalfa, for example. The latest generation in the family to set new standards for yield and quality. It delivered a 6.9% yield advantage against the competition in 502 head-to-head comparisons. With proven performance like that, what's left to say? But I like being Dairyland Seed proud. We do too, and we always will be. But sometimes you got to get out of the way and let the numbers speak for themselves. Can we at least listen to the music one more time? You got it, buddy. See how Dairyland Seed Hybroforce 4400 brings the yield and delivers the quality at DairylandSeed.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, where we can help you finance your new home and help grow your business. We listen to your goals, then offer solutions that simplify complex financial matters. We'll show you how easy it can be to get things done. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with an armed robbery investigation. On August 2nd, 2021, at approximately 1.26 p.m., MPD officers were dispatched to the 2900 block of Commercial Avenue for an armed robbery. The victims were on the bike path when the suspect approached them. The suspect displayed a weapon and took the victim's necklace, cash, and AirPods. The suspect then fled the scene on foot. The suspect was described as a younger male black, larger build, last seen wearing a black sweatshirt, black sweatpants, and a black face mask. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. 
I pull up to the house, I'm like, ugh, we can't have that ugly house, you know. We really needed to replace the siding. We ended up going with Prairie Exteriors. Their pricing was really reasonable. I drive up to my house now, I'm like, oh my gosh, my house looks so nice now. It looks so amazing. I was so impressed. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com looks phenomenal. You're well aware of these gigantic mortgage companies that make it seem as though they can do everything for you rather quickly, when in fact, you end up in a call center where everything is cumbersome and expensive. Learn about our local process at educatedmortgage.com. Educated Mortgage, way home. Call Dan. The mortgage man. NMLS number 222652. Did you know because of the COVID recovery, things like trimmers and blowers are in limited supply? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. So if you've got lawn and garden plans in your future, you need to get in touch with my friends at McFarland's. Now, the good news is they've got all the models you're looking for, and they're ready to make it curbside ready for you, or they'll deliver within a 10-mile radius around the store. Find out more at McFarland's. Net or give them a call, 643-3321. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Em, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. Alex is just and like adults me. make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Zach, if you're not at Badgers practice this week, you're at Packers practice. Let's start with the green and gold. You were up at, what, Don Hudson Center yesterday? Ray Nitschke Field? Ray Nitschke Field, yeah. And uh, Jordan Love wasn't playing, right? Practicing. Jordan Love did not practice yesterday. Nope. So it was Kirk, Ben Kurt. Taking all the reps, yes? And uh, Jake Del- well, Dolgala? I did not see a single rep from Jake Dolgala uh, during the during the team portions, uh, right. at least with the Jets, you know, between the Packers and Jets. Aaron Rodgers took all the first team reps, and, and Kurt Benkert finished all the, took care of everything else. So it was kind of what Jordan Love had been doing throughout camp. Like, Kurt Benkert wasn't getting any reps during team drills either. So I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers looked great, per usual, yes? But, yes. Yeah, no. There's, like, you know that those little routes that, Devontae Adams just gets like a half a step on a guy up the sideline and, and Rodgers just drops it in the bucket. Like yeah. it, it, it happened. We see it all the time, right? But it's still just so amazing. So, uh, that it just, they do it just so easily. And they did it yesterday. And, uh, obviously big, big cheers. But I mean, I just, I don't know how two guys can be that good at their job. You know, obviously we, we get to see Nelson work every day, which is just at a different level. But, you know, oh, Nelly? this, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's high level. But I, Right, right. Like the thing that things that he does on the air, you know, it's just like Rogers Adam esque. Nelly, you better say this air check. I mean, this is. Did, did you hear that? 
Just a guy that shows up every day, Heilprin. He brings his... <laughs> you just put the work in, man. You put the work in, and it shows. He brings bring his lunch. Heart... Heart... Yeah, bring my hard hat, my lunch pail yeah. every day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, okay, so Zach, before we talk about some like position, we're trying to figure out like what to get excited for for preseason. Uh, the we uh, no, game number two tomorrow against the Jets. So, uh, Kurt Ben Kurt, uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> like does it matter? Does this matter? Does this matter? No. No, I, I I don't see them keeping more than two quarterbacks. Right? It's going to be especially. I, mean, I think Jordan Love will be back next week, so I, I don't think they're going to keep more than two. Uh, the way that they were breaking down the reps before the before Jordan Love's injury certainly suggests that they really don't really see Kurt Benkert. Like he, if Love hadn't gotten hurt, Kurt Benkert's not playing until the fourth quarter, like probably late in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, no, I I don't think it matters a huge much, a huge bunch, you know, for the Packers. Like I don't think they're keeping them, but it. Could be good for Kurt Benkert trying to find another another job somewhere, but yeah, I, I, I don't think his performance matters. Um, but there's there's obviously a ton of other battles that are going on that probably aren't as okay sexy as, aren't as sexy as a quarterback. You know, we all wanted to see Jordan Love. That's what this yes. off preseason was supposed to be about, and now we don't get to see him, and it kind of leave some holes in terms of what you want to what you actually want to concentrate on. Hey, Zach, let's talk some sex appeal then from people that maybe aren't as sexy as some perceive but they need loving too, okay? Yeah. We're we're trying to we're trying to get hyped up over what to watch cuz Kirk Benker ain't really tripping my trigger. But when it yeah. comes to position battles, what's something that we should be watching and you were watching unfold uh yesterday then into the preseason game number 2 tomorrow against the Jets. Well, who doesn't enjoy a good battle for the number 1 guard spots? Hey, they need loving too, the big boys. Come on. <laughs> so they were horrible last week, weren't they? Like that, the uh, <laughs> yes, the offensive line just was not good, uh, especially that that first group. And so it kind of has opened up uh, opportunities for for some younger guys. One of them being Royce Newman, uh, the draft pick out of Ole Miss, the guy that uh, everyone wanted to talk about his mullet uh, on draft day. But he uh, he played well with the second group, and, and now uh, you know yesterday he was with the first team unit the entire time at right guard. Lucas Patrick was at was at left guard. I think you could throw John Runyon in there too. Those those three, and then uh, even Ben Braden, uh, you know, fighting for those guard spots. But the fact that they are letting Royce Newman have a long, long look at guard, I would not be shocked if he's just the latest rookie to to jump in and, and start a bunch of games, kind of like uh, we saw from Elton Jenkins two years ago. Um, but Saturday is going to be significant for him and for Lucas Patrick and for the rest of those guys fighting for spots, uh, you know, the starting spots along the offensive line. We think we think we know the, the right tackle and the left tackle and the center, at least for game one, but the other, yeah, the guard spot's still very much open uh, right now. And, and, and really, you're, you're fighting for one spot because uh, when, when David Bakhtiari comes back, Elton Jenkins is going to go back to, to guard, and, and then you're going to have one spot. So, yeah, it's, that's probably the, the battle I guess you're watching, then maybe down a little bit further down is the, the, the wide receiver battle. But then again, the other guy that you wanted to see, and we saw him last week, was Devin Funches, and now he's out. So What's wrong with him? Yeah, He has a hamstring injury. got hurt, oh, I believe. Oh, God. On, I, thought, I thought he had like Wednesday. cramps or something I saw, but no, it was ham- has no. a hammy? Yeah, he was, he was out there throwing a ball into the crowd yesterday, um, but uh, wasn't doing anything on the field. So, yeah, it's, it, I mean, the things that you wanted to see are just not going to be there probably on uh, tomorrow. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, the Pro Farmer Crop Tour wrapped up on Friday with their big reveal. What do they expect as far as corn and soybean yields? We've got those numbers for you. Last day with our summer intern, Michelle Stangler. Boy, has she been a busy young woman with us. She wrapped up her coverage of the Dodge County Fair visiting with Wisconsin's Honey Queen. Details on that in just a moment. She also was along with us for a successful Dane County breakfast on the farm on Saturday. A little bit of a change in calendar, that's for sure. But people still showed up. If you want to see pictures, pop on over to Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. And Friday was the first day of the Leaders of the Land series. That's the sustainability discussion that's hosted by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. I got a chance to visit with Jeremy Pavelski from Heartland Farms, a potato-producing operation right there just outside of Hancock. Where do they put their emphasis when it comes to sustainability? I think you might be surprised. Stick around. All that's coming up. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So today is the 23rd day of August. On this day in 1966, the first photograph of the Earth taken from the orbit of the moon happened. Uh, They took it in black and white. It was not the orbiter's main task. The primary, primary task of the orbiter was to scope out landing sites on the moon for future spacecrafts. But still... They managed to get a picture of the Earth from the orbit of the moon this day, 1966. On this day in 1904, snow chains were patented. I think only people in Wisconsin and states that experience heavy snows can appreciate that. Harry D. Weed of New York was awarded a patent for snow chains by the United States. Uh, Snow chains are attached to tires of vehicles to improve their traction. The Pure fact that they've got to explain that tells me a lot of people don't rely on on them as much as we do here in Wisconsin. And can you believe it? Happy 90th birthday to Barbara Eden. Remember Barbara Eden? I dream of Jeannie. Uh Uh-huh. 90 years young today. And now you know. Well, we mentioned today is the last day for our summer intern, Michelle Stangler. She's headed back to UW-River Falls to begin her sophomore year, and we sure appreciate everything that she's done. She was very busy last week at the Dodge County Fair, where she got a chance to visit with Wisconsin's Honey Queen. We're now in the season where we are going to be harvesting honey here with the 2021 Wisconsin Honey Queen, Anna Evenson. Anna, tell me about where the honey crop is at today. So right about now, our our beekeepers are harvesting honey. So they're going into their hives and they're removing a certain number of frames and then leaving some for our bees. And then they're starting to bottle and get ready for their honey to sell. Now tell me more about how the process goes from taking it out of the hive and making it into a product. So each box, each hive has honey frames in them. There's like 10 sheets and they take out, they remove a certain number of frames. We always leave some for the bees so that they have over the winter time something to eat. We take these frames and we put them in. It's almost like a giant barrel and we place 10 of the frames into the barrel after cutting the wax off the top and we it spins really, really, really fast and it pushes the honey to the side of the barrel and down through a funnel. The nice thing about honey is we don't add anything to it. The only thing we do is run it through a filter to collect any little things that might not be honey related so like a bee's wing or a piece of wax or a leaf that might have gotten in there and then we bottle it so it's a very pure natural food. What's your favorite product of honey? I would have to say I'm a big fan of the honey straws. We were serving those up at the Wisconsin State Fair and it was really fun serving those out to the kids because it's something really quick and easy and it's a little some sweet to have just while you're walking around. 
Another sweet thing is the events that you'll be present at upcoming in these months, representing the Wisconsin honey producers. So now tell me more about the events that you will be at. Next month, September, is National Honey Month, so I will be going around and doing a ton of events. We've got Warren's Cranfest that I'll be attending in September. I have the Honey Sunday that will be coming up in Wapaka County. We'll be going around doing a lot of classroom visits and going in and talking about honey. I just did a cooking demonstration the other day with some 4-H clover buds, spreading the good word of honey all around during the month of September. That'll be fun. Now, you said you're attending the Warren's Cranfest. Now, that is specifically cranberries. How is honey related to that? So as we all know, cran- cranberries, they, are fl- they have a flower, so they need to be pollinated, and honeybees play a big part in that pollination process. So what beekeepers do is they place their hives in areas near the cranberry fields are, and the bees pollinate. So our cranberry producers and any other producer that has flowers attached to their, their crop need the help of the honeybees for pollinating. Well, thank you so much. Is there any further information that you'd like to share? You can support the Wisconsin honey producers by investing in learning about our industry. You can go to wisconsinhoney.org and learn about all the cool things that we have. We have facts about honey that you can learn about, and we you can schedule the Wisconsin Honey Queen to come and visit and come to your events. I just want to remind everyone that September is National Honey Month, so be sure to support your local beekeepers and buy honey from them. Now is Anna Evenson, the 2021 Wisconsin Honey Queen. It's time to harvest hives around the state of Wisconsin. We're the 16th largest state to produce honey. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Michelle Sangler. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit Badgerbean.com today. All eyes in the marketplace on Friday were on the Pro Farmers Crop Tour results. In the end, they came out with an average corn yield of about 177 bushel to the acre on average and a little bit better than 51 bushel to the acre on soybeans. And the market was paying attention. Chad Smith brings more. The Pro Farmer National Crop Tour estimates came out on Friday after their annual crop tour. Pro Farmer is predicting a national corn yield of 15.116 billion bushels on a yield of 177 bushels per acre. Their soybean yield prediction is 4.436 billion bushels and an average yield of 51.2 bushels per acre. Mike Zuzalo is president of Global Commodity Analytics in Atchison, Kansas. He says the numbers didn't come as a big surprise. I don't know if anything surprised me. The first thing was I tend to go by the range of estimates. And so headline number of 177 corn yield, 51.2 bean yield, that's what the trade will probably look at most. But I tend to like to look at the range of estimates, especially given the fact that the southern corn belt, the southern route of the corn belt, i.e. southern Illinois, southern Ohio, southern Indiana, Kansas, and then the far northern aspects of the corn belt, North Dakota, I think they're very important this year to 
to round out the overall yield for these row crop yields this year. His estimates are probably at the lower end of Pro Farmer's range. I like the idea of the 175.2 to 178.8 on corn. I like the idea of 50.2 to 52.2 on soybeans. I myself am down there at the 175.6, 175.9 area where USDA was. So I think we're on the lower end of the spectrum on the corn. I'm in the camp that we're losing bean yield by the day, essentially, in the western corn belt because of the dry weather we've seen, especially since August 1. I said to clients earlier this week in copy that I'm probably heading towards a 49 bushel yield. Ben Cash of Bauer Trading in Lafayette, Indiana, says while the numbers show a potentially good crop, he is quite concerned about soybeans. We got good potential here. We're looking at the daily results. The pod counts came in, to me, quite high. But now, the month of August is very important for rains. To finish this crop out, we're going to need you know, half inch to inch and a half rains to really get the full potential of these soybeans. And we're running out of time. You know, it's been pretty spotty as far as precip. I mean, you're starting to see the stress on some of this crop. So, you know, if I'm looking at these numbers, yeah, we have uh, great potential for a pretty sizable crop here this year on soybeans. It's just, we need those rains. And if we're looking at corn numbers, too, I, I tend to agree with this. The corn crop, there's going to be a good corn crop out there this year. He says the commodity markets definitely took note of the pro-farmer crop predictions. I think they did. I think that's why the, we've seen some of the performance that we did this week. You got finally beat boots on the ground, getting out in the field, looking at the potential. And we were worried all year long because of the tight carryouts, tight supply that we've had. And, you know, the weather situation did seem warm and dry for the part of the Midwest and particularly the northwestern part of the Midwest. So we we're really concerned about crop potential, but now we've scouted these fields, got a closer look at it. It seems like there's going to be a pretty good crop out there this year, particularly on the corn side. Keep stating the stories yet to be written on these soybeans yet. Again, Ben Cash of Bauer Trading. Chad Smith reporting. Thanks, Chad. Now, markets in overnight electronic trade are trending higher going into a Monday. Right now, December corn's up five and a half. 542 and a half. November soybeans are up 17 and a quarter right now at 1308. December wheat, that's currently 12 and three quarter cents higher at 741 a bushel. Barrel cheese on Friday dropped two and three quarter cents to 147 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese was down three and three quarter cents at 169 and a quarter, while double A butter dropped two, finished at $1.66 and a quarter. The September milk closed six cents lower, 1705 a hundred weight. October milk down four right now at 1701, and November milk dropped two at 1735 a hundred weight. Wisconsin Agriculture is applauding the announcement on Friday from U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. He has announced $350 million going to be used to help dairy farmers that lost revenue during the pandemic. Under the Pandemic Market Volatility Assistance Program, dairy farmers could receive payments for 80% of the revenue difference per month limited to annual production of up to 5 million pounds of milk that was marketed from July through December of last year. The assistance is part of a bigger package that includes permanent changes to the Dairy Margin Coverage Safety Net Program. Uh, Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, just a few of the dairy organizations that said they welcomed that assistance. Now, you're going to have to monitor what's going on with your local Farm Service Agency office as those program details are revealed. Well, Friday was the first Leaders of the Land event hosted by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation looking at sustainability practices that our Wisconsin farms are employing. 
I got a chance to visit a potato operation in Hancock and get a behind-the-scenes look at all the effort they go through in the name of sustainability. Stick around for that conversation coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you worried about getting evicted and paying your bills? You're not alone. Over 12,000 Wisconsinites have gotten help with the Wisconsin Emergency Rental Assistance Program. You can get 15 months of back rent and utility payments if you qualify. Call 211 or visit wiscap.org forward slash WERA so you and your family can bounce back. This message is sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Administration with funding from the Federal Emergency Rental Assistance Program. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection serves all of Dane County and the surrounding communities. And with our new location in Monroe, we also proudly serve all of Greene County. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Leaders of the Land. That's the title of a program that began on Friday designed to try to help people understand all of the practices that the average farm dedicates in the name of sustainability. Now, maybe we didn't always call it sustainability, but the practices have remained the same. On Friday, I was at Heartland Farms, a potato and vegetable operation just outside of Hancock, learning a little bit more about how they're using things like artificial intelligence to minimize their carbon footprint. And it's not just about what they're doing today. It's also about where they're going in the future. Farming for the future, as a matter of fact. It's a foundation that growers across Wisconsin have come together on to try to dedicate their resources to helping the general public better understand why we do what we do on the land and how it helps all of us when it comes to sustainability. Candace Miller is the executive director of Farming for the Future Foundation, and I asked her to tell me how she got involved. So essentially, the foundation was founded by members of the Pavelski family. So longtime uh, potato growers, fifth generation in central Wisconsin, um, as really dinner table conversation that they've been having for many, many years. And then as the industry has grown and, and people have become more removed from where their food comes from, they thought, let's put some energy into educating folks and helping them get connected. So at the heart of what we do is really connecting, you know, the people growing the food with the people eating the food, helping them to understand 
understand what it means to be a part of agriculture, how they're connected to it, and really focusing on um, a really wide range of ages. So our youngest early childhood age, all the way to grandparent, we hope, can learn something from what we're planning to do. Right. And it could take a lot of different forms. Mm -hmm. uh, how long has this been actually a formal foundation? Yeah, great question. So we were um, incorporated in 2018. So okay. we're a newer organization, mm -hmm. essentially a startup, but we have hit the ground running. We have a great leadership group. We have a, uh, a good board and who's really leading our efforts and helping us to um, kind of get our plans off the ground. And this is really a follow through of what a lot of the families have been doing their whole lifetime. You know, anybody that's near any of these farm families knows coming out to the farm for a tour, maybe a harvest celebration. They have been routinely reaching out to their neighbors. Absolutely. They've been working um, to get their message out there, but farmers are also very busy. They have a lot of work to do. And so finding a way to kind of create a dedicated team, a dedicated future location just to these efforts is really going to help to centralize the message and also create a neutral setting for all of the growers, all of the processors, not just people growing the food, but people all within the industry to be able to connect with the public a little bit more easily. Well, tell me about you, Candace. Did you grow up as a potato kid? Did you know about this industry before you started to work with the foundation? That's a good question. I did not grow up on a farm. I'm actually married to a farmer. Um, my family has a history. Uh, my grandfather owned a dairy. I have farm farming in my family mm -hmm. um, that goes back generations, but I did not. I grew up kind of like in a suburb, smaller town. So um, it's something that I found later in life, but has been, you know, really great to be a part of. And, um, and that's one of the things that the foundation really tries to hit home is you don't have to be born into agriculture to work in agriculture. We want to get it on the radar of lots of young people, of lots of um, even, you know, kids in technical, not kids, young adults in technical college, in college to know that it's an option for a career path and a really fulfilling one at that, that there's many careers that fall under the umbrella of agriculture. It doesn't necessarily mean you own a farm or that you, um, or that you grow up on a farm, but there's so many you can do under that umbrella. Candace Miller's along with us. We were talking <laughs> about future, the Future of Farming Foundation. It's kind of a group of, uh, in this sense, potato growers that decided they wanted to do a little bit better job of outreach to their community. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm visiting with her is I was on one of the first leaders of the land sustainability tours, learning more about what this individual Heartland Farms has done to dedicate uh, time and energy saving resources. You mentioned the job opportunity. Obviously, in this mm -hmm. day and time, everybody wants to make sure we understand the mm -hmm. great opportunities. But it also sounds like this could encompass that sustainability message mm -hmm. for people that are concerned about how farms mm -hmm. use natural resources. Absolutely. And part of that is is not only the jobs, but is that what farmers and growers do in terms of natural resources and the land. And so speaking to those practices in terms of technology, um, innovations, and sustainability is incredibly important. And again, we have future plans to build a center that we can talk about these things in a broader way. And so sustainability will be a big piece of that, helping people understand what it means Means, what practices are happening, what people have been doing for a very long time, and how it affects them in a positive way. Candace Miller, she's the executive director of Farming for the Future Foundation. Still in its infancies, but the ultimate goal, transparency. Helping the consuming public understand why we do what we do on our farms, on the land, all across Wisconsin, across the United States, in the name of sustainability. Practices that benefit us all. Now, if you'd like to follow along on the progress with the foundation, you can do that. Remember, it's Farming for the Future Foundation. Their website, FFTF, 
dot us. Once again, that's FFTF dot us. Tomorrow, we're catching up with our friend John Heinberg.